Hello, everybody, and welcome back to the Shirley You Can't Be Serious podcast. Jason, beers to you, my friend. Beers to you. Now, it seems absolutely ridiculous that Clint Eastwood would be singing a song at the intro to this movie with Mr. Ray Charles himself. It's, it's, it seems ridiculous that Clint Eastwood would be singing it at all, but as it turns out, he has had a long career of singing. Here's to you, old amigo, for all the good times. Here's to all. He's a musician. He sang in Rawhide. Rowdy really? Yates got up on stage and sang a song. Yes. Wow. Break it. He was in, he was in a freaking musical. Paint Your Wagon, baby. Paint Your Wagon. Yep. I mean, he's a musician. But, man, I told you, my ears have not stopped bleeding for that song. <laughs> it was not his best work. Oh, well, it he, well. it's almost like he kind of talks it. Uh-huh. We whipped them local boys. Oh, didn't we? Then we bought them drinks all night. You know? Yeah. And for him to be singing with Ray Charles, just, I don't know. We'll talk about what works with this movie here in just a minute. All right, so last episode, we talked about Every Which Way But Loose. Yes. And today we're here to talk about Any Which Way You Can, but what we didn't talk about last episode is what happened after the movie came out. How yeah. was it received? And the answer is, it was received poorly by the critics. Yes. The critics hated it. Gene Siskel gave this movie two and a half stars. Okay. Do you know what the public did? What? They bought tickets. Yes, they did. This is, at the time, Clint Eastwood's most profitable movie. Absolutely. We're, we're talking about all of the spaghetti westerns. We're talking about all of the Dirty Harry movies that had come up to this point. We're talking about Play Misty for Me, all of that. When adjusted for inflation, Every Which Way But Loose ranks as one of the top 250 most profitable films of all time. All time. Let me say that again. Top 250 most profitable films of all time adjusted for inflation. That is crazy. Listen to this. It The budget was $5 million. It made $104 million. It's crazy. That's raking it in, man. Yeah, it is. So, with that kind of success, you have to do a sequel. Absolutely, you got to do it, right? Right, and as it turns out, the guy who wrote the first movie has a second movie that he is ready to write, puts that one out, fixes a lot of problems. Like yes, he does. Every Which Way But Loose is not a perfect movie, and they fix a lot of stuff come second round. They film this movie in the summer of 1980, and they do a different director. And Clint Eastwood takes yet another cue from Burt Reynolds and brings in to direct his stuntman. <laughs> this movie is directed by Buddy Van Horn, who was Eastwood's stunt double in a ton of movies. He had done The Enforcer, directed it as well. He knew what he was doing, and so he brings him in, and the timing on this one is tighter. The comedy is funnier. Okay. They do a lot of great stuff. By the way, Buddy Van Horn, I mentioned earlier in our first episode about uh, Walter Piggy Barnes being a sheriff in High Plains Drifter. Buddy Van Horn was yet another sheriff in High Plains Drifter, two different sheriffs, but oh, that really? is probably his most famous acting role. But obviously, he's done some good work directing as well. Okay. I wonder if him and Hal Needham were buddies. I bet they were. They had to be. Everybody. They probably did cocaine together. They probably dated the same girl. At the same time. With the cocaine. <laughs> <laughs> 
Hey, I'll tell you what, Clint Eastwood and Burt Reynolds, but Clint Eastwood in the, the late 70s, he had the kind of clout to say to the studio, I want this guy directing me. Yes, I know he's my stunt double. I want my girlfriend to be the lead. I want all of my buddies to be in the movie. And we're going to go on the road and we're going to have a great time. This is the beginning of things like Cannonball Run. Yeah. yeah. Where you get a bunch of friends together. They have a great time. They all party the whole way down. And it, the chemistry shows on screen. Big road trip. It's fantastic. There's one other thing that you mentioned right there, and we'll probably talk about it here in a minute. What they did with Any Which Way You Can, and what movies don't do enough of, in my opinion, they figured out what worked, they cut out what didn't, and they doubled down on the laughs and the fun. 100%. 100%. Why don't people do that more often? I don't know. Okay, so this is set two years after Philo Beto fought Tank Murdoch in the first movie, yep. which we haven't even really talked about that. He fights Tank Murdoch. The whole buildup of the movie is this big fight yeah. that he throws. Yeah, it's another bad decision. I, I don't. I mean, it's. I don't know if they're taking their cue from Rocky or what the deal was. There was a trend in the late seventies to have these sort of competition movies or sports movies. Yeah where the team or person loses and then ends up learning something about themselves. And that was just kind of the trend. So you got Rocky and you got the bad news bears. Yeah. You got every which way, but loose. Yeah. And I mean, the, I think the kind of the idea in every which way, but loose was he's hearing all of the people talk about tank Murdoch being washed up Yep, and he imagines himself in that position, right? He doesn't want to be the guy who's washed up in a few years like Tank is, fighting these dumb fights years later, which is a great lead-in for this one because in this one, he's like, I'm done fighting. I'm not going to do it anymore. Starting to like it too much. Yeah. Like the pain. <laughs> None of that made any sense to me, but okay, whatever. Yeah, right. So, of course, nice counterpoint to this decision to retire from the bare-knuckle brawling is there are some gangster mafia guys if coming from New York who have heard of Philo Beto, and they've got their own guy, Jack Wilson. Jack Wilson. Oh, what a great name. Yes. And they're like, we can make so much money if we can get these guys together to fight. And so when the guy from New York shows up to talk to Philo Beto, Philo Beto's like, I'm retired, not doing it anymore. And then he pulls out, what, $20,000? Here you go. Right. Okay, I'm back in. Yeah. I'm looking for Mr. Philo Beto. You're talking to him. I'm talking to his feet. The top half of them can hear you. Okay, so the interesting thing to me, Jack Wilson we talked about, he's played by William Smith. Yeah. He plays the cop in Rumblefish. There's another guy who has, I mean, he's he was acting for, he just passed away 2021. Okay. He had acted for 79 years. He started acting when he was eight years old in like some really? old black and white Frankenstein movie. Really? Yes. Yeah, has had a huge career. He was really well known in the 70s as Anthony Falconetti in the miniseries Rich Man, Poor Man. Okay. We know him because we talked about him being in both Rumblefish and The Outsiders. Yes. And he's in Conan the Barbarian. Yes. And Red Dawn. He's the general in Red Dawn. You got it. I didn't even think about that. There you go. He's you know, a great character actor. For, first of all, he's muscled up. Oh, yeah. And he when he's throwing those punches, I'm like, dude, this guy's a hurricane. Yeah. You know? Yeah, he looked fierce. He did. And his nose, it looks like his nose has probably been broken a couple times. Like, maybe he really has been in these fights. I mean, he was the perfect casting choice for the Apollo Creed to Philo Beto. Yeah. There's a great scene where he's sort of spying on Philo. He's befriended him. Yeah. And so he's hanging out with him. Yeah, this subterfuge of, hey, do you mind if I jog with you? Yeah. 
okay, how far have we gone? About five miles. How much further are we going? About another five. Yeah. Wow, it's a lot. Yeah. Yeah. That's kind of like when you and I started jogging together. That's <laughs> kind of like that. <laughs> <laughs> but uh, they go to the bar together, and somebody yells at Lynn Halsey Taylor, who has wiggled her way back into Philo's heart somehow. Right. Which, you know, okay, whatever. But he's like, why don't you get somebody that can sing? Which uh-huh. we as the audience are kind of like, yeah, dude, exactly. <laughs> yeah. And then... But we're also thinking, you shouldn't be saying that's that right. with that guy right behind you. Well, I'm Jack Wilson you. says, that's not polite. <laughs> when he said that, I was like, look out, dude. This guy's going to kill you. Yeah. Why'd you get somebody to sing around here? Uh, that's not polite. Ah, forget it. Oh, complaint department's open now, Sonny. But again, all just a subterfuge so that he can see how good Philo Beto can fight. He eats it like candy. <laughs> he likes the pain. <laughs> now what you want to know? Yeah, I did. You're fast and you like pain. You eat it like candy. <laughs> <laughs> but it's cool. I, I really like the Jack Wilson character because, oh, number yeah. one, he's, he's tough. Yeah. But he's kind of friendly. He's likable. He's likable. Yeah. He's like, let's forget this fight, man. There's no point to it. Yeah. Let's just call it off. And then when they have the fight, well, I'm, I'm not going to give up. You right. got to give up. Right. I'm not, not going to give up. No, your arm's broken. See, <laughs> you need to give up. Fight's not over. Uh, yeah. Uh, the final it. scene, we, let's, we'll talk about that here in a minute. Yeah. Okay. Let's talk about the cast. Okay. So we talked about the cast because there's a ton of carryover. We talked about it in our first episode. Obviously, William Smith is a new addition. And then we have the Mafia guys. Yes. They come in. You got uh, Harry Gardino. As Beekman. Yep. He was in uh, several of the Dirty Harry movies. He was in Dirty Harry, and he was in The Enforcer. Okay. And then you've got Michael Cavanaugh, who's the guy who comes to give him the money. Yes. He was also in The Enforcer. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. Let's talk about the bartender, Mr. James Gammon. Who plays Lou for Major League. Yeah. Gotta talk to a guy about a set of white walls. <laughs> <laughs> Shut up, Dorn. He actually is like, uh, he's like Philo's friend. Mm-hmm. And he always protects Clyde at the bar. I love it. And the guy who's like giving Clyde trouble is dressed in a yellow suit like a banana. That's <laughs> friggin' brilliant right there. That is brilliant. Yes. Uh, another new character we just talked about from our last episode where we had our dear friend, Dr. Chad Briggs, war game expert, talking about the movie War Games. Go check that out if you haven't heard it. Yes. But we, from War Games, not yet, but, he, you know, there it was He's coming. coming, yeah. Barry Corbin. Barry Corbin. I love his character in this. His character's name is Fat Zach. Fat Zach, yes. <laughs> He's so Texas nice, you know. He's playing it. strip poker with the old ladies. And did you recognize Julie Brown? I did recognize Julie Brown. She'll show you the latest videos. Did I miss anything? She'll show you amazing things. Look, a bottle of brains. She'll show you a really good time. Miss Julie Brown stars in Just Say Julie Wednesdays at seven thirty, six thirty Central, and again on Sundays at one thirty, twelve thirty Central. Only on MTV. So don't touch that dial. If you turn the channel, I will hunt you down and kill you like the dog you are. 
later after I'd seen MTV for a million hours. Yeah, this was before MTV, but not you know not downtown Julie Brown, but the other the other Julie, Julie Brown. Yeah, the other Julie Brown. Yes. What knockers? Well, thank you, Doctor. <laughs> she was in this as one of the bimbos, if you will. Yes, playing strip poker and flying in the planes. Man, those guys, the Texas guys and their girlfriends, was another bit of comedy gold for this movie. It was so fun, right? Yeah, they're yeah. flying upside down, and the girls can't keep their boobs in their shirt. <laughs> By the way, Julie Brown's character's name is Candy, of course, because of course it is like Candy, right? Now wait a minute, John Quaid's back. Yep, Lord, you have given me these crosses to bear and I will carry them all the way from Jerusalem to Jackson, whichever is closer. But hear me, Lord, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will chew on Philo Beto's ass for my last supper. We have Anne freaking Ramsey in any which way you can. Do you know who Anne Ramsey is? When I say the name Anne Ramsey, what do you got for me? The night was sultry. <laughs> Owen doesn't have any friends. She's Mama Fratelli in the Goonies. Yeah, she's Mama Fratelli in the Goonies. She's Mama in Throw Mama from the Train. She's one of the homeless people in Scrooge. Which we talked about. Yep, go check out our Scrooge versus Christmas Vacation episode. And she is in it with her husband, Logan Ramsey. Yes. Who is also one of the bums in Scrooge. Yes. That was one of the scenes that I remembered in the hotel when her when she's trying to pack the bag and he's <laughs> looking at her and all of a sudden all he can see is the hula skirt dancing. <laughs> I was like, that is friggin' hysterical. Oh, it's so funny. It was gross when I was 11, but today it's hysterical. And Ramsey's butt shaking got him <laughs> going. And that is her actual real life husband. I wanted to bring up Michael Talbot to you. He plays Officer Morgan. So at the beginning of the movie, there's a really funny scene. Looks like chips. California yeah. Highway Patrol. They're riding their motorcycles because they're going to a fight, and a semi comes up behind them, and he pulls his horn. Uh huh. And it, you can tell, it <laughs> scares the crap out of those guys. Yeah. Like legit scares them. Yes. Michael Talbot plays Officer Morgan. He's Switek on Miami Vice. Oh wow, that's there's a good like. One. Crockett and Tubbs, and then there's Switek and Zito. They're kind of the backup guys. So is he the guy who you see again at the very end yes. of the movie? Right turn, Clyde. Onward. Oh, that's fantastic. He gets decked by Clyde at the very end of the movie. How did we go through the entire first episode and not say right turn Clyde. We did it because it wasn't in Every Which Way But Loose. Can you believe it? I know, right? That incredibly famous line was not in the first movie. It did not come along until the second movie. And once again, they took that comedy up a notch, yes. knocked all those guys down like dominoes. Oh, I was freaking hysterical. If you've never seen either of these two movies, I would say there's at least a decent chance that you've heard the term right turn Clyde. Right turn Clyde. By the way, my daughter was walking through the room and she could care less about movies from before she was born. Right. But I said, no, wait, you got to watch this part. The motorcycle gang pulls up. They're giving Philo Beto a hard time. Yeah. You know what we're going to do to you, Philo, you know, all this. And, he's like, and finally he's had enough and he's like, uh, whatever. Right turn, Clyde. And the monkey goes, whoosh, and he punches Chola and then they all domino over. And Ava thought it was hilarious. That's great. I tried to watch this movie with Caleb. Yeah. We get to that part, and I'm like, giddy. I'm ready. I'm yeah. Ready. 
And all of a sudden, Caleb, Caleb's like, <laughs> what? he's flipping him off. And I'm like, <laughs> you're talking through it. Why are you talking through it? And he's like, what? I'm yeah. like, dude, you missed it. Oh, he messed it up. Yes. So I had oh. to rewind, and I, on the rewind, it's not as funny. That's funny. Yeah. <laughs> okay, D, I've got a couple of funny moments that I want to talk to you about. I've actually also got a couple of serious moments that I want to talk to you about. And I think the balance of these two things is what really works in this movie. Okay. Yeah. yeah. So at the beginning of the movie, Clint Eastwood is in this bare knuckled brawler fight with the guy who beat up all the Marines. Right. And they have this running joke where he's beat all the Marines. And Clint's like, I ain't a Marine. Yeah. And so there's this great fight going on. The guy is so sunburned. Like every time I watch the movie, I'm like, dude, you're so sunburned. Yeah. Help this dude out with some sunblock. Right. But during the fight, I mean, it's serious. He's trying, you know, they're uh -huh. beating each other up. And there's a couple of girls and they're cheering, yay! And they're hopping up and down. And Clint gets distracted because their boobs are bouncing up and down. Yep. And he gets decked. It was the 70s. They were not a fan of bras back then. No, they weren't. And while this is going on, Clyde is roaming around and he gets into a cop car and, and takes a dump. Takes a dump in the cop car. <laughs> yeah. So. Just that scene just really worked for me, right? Yeah, yeah. It's funny. Then you've got Chola saying the, the, the great lines like, uh, the whole time, why me, Lord? Why me, Lord? I mean, you made other men out of clay. Mine, you made out of shit. When the bikers show up after they have been detarred. We got to talk about the tar scene. The, but I mean, the, that whole scene is brilliant. I mean, it beats the chase scene from the first movie, which was not bad, but it definitely takes it oh, off. It does everything Everything's right. better, right? And, yeah, they go through the tar, and they're in the alleyway. They've got him outnumbered. <laughs> Get him, boys. They, and then they all freeze. Yeah, because they the, got tar poured all tar over The tar has hardened, and they all fall on each other like statues. And then Philo Beta does the right thing. He yeah. takes them to the hospital and has them detarred. yeah. And then when they show up and they've got no hair at all anymore. And so what they have to do, he has to pass out the wigs. <laughs> I'm like this. And I, when I, when I am 11 years old and I'm watching this, I'm like, this is comedy freaking gold. It's, right comedy here. Gold. it's comedy gold. Well, and as an adult, when they, they all freeze up cause they got tar all over themselves and they fall over and Chola is face down, and he keeps saying, you'll pay for that, Beto. It's very Yosemite Sam line, right, right? right? And, in fact, there's a lot of sort of Looney Tunes references, I think, in this movie. But yep. And Philo says to Lynn, Lynn Halsey-Taylor, yeah. he said, can't leave him here. The dog's a piss on him. <laughs> Ain't fair to the dogs. And then he goes, you'll pay for that, Beto. <laughs> we mentioned in our last episode that the, the ape on this one, the orangutan, is a different actor than the original Clyde. Yes. original Clyde was a... An ape named Manus or Manus. Manus, huh? An ape named Manus. And this one is an ape named Buddha. Yes. And apparently Buddha had been involved in a movie where he was he had been trained to wrestle. And so oh. Sandra Locke had no scenes with Clyde in the first movie, but she had a bunch of scenes, and a lot of them involved him kissing her. <laughs> and she said he would grab me by the back of the neck for the kiss, and when I tried to pull away, he would put the wrestling move on me, and I was getting a little panicked. Uh, yes, we're kissing. You don't understand. You are kissing me. Yep. The strip poker scenes with Fat Zack, the upside-down jet. There's a scene. I, I heard Barry Corbin talking about this. Mm -hmm. It's like his first day working with Clint Eastwood. Like the first morning of the first day. Oh, wow. And he's trailing him in a car because he's supposed to be kind of spying on him. 
And Philo's jogging. He's working out. And all of a sudden, he whips around, comes over, and punches out the window. Okay? Right. So Clint Eastwood punches out the window. And when he did, he punched Barry Cordman in the face. <laughs> and he still had to keep going because he got this fake glass and they can't, they don't have time for reshoots. They can, you know, all that stuff. Yeah. So he yanks him out of the car and he's like, Were you crazy? You just punched him. Let me see your hand. <laughs> Wiggle your fingers. We talked about that on our War Games episode. Did you see the way he just yanked me out of the car like that? <laughs> what are you doing, Stan? Get back to jogging. <laughs> that whole scene is great. It is fantastic. This is another thing that they, they did right. And this one, I think, had to be inspirational for Burt Reynolds' movies to come because this is 1980. Right. But they have this huge, like, everybody goes to this central location, right? They're all, like, all points across the country, people are coming to this Love fight. It. Yeah. The little old ladies are coming to this fight. The Black Widows are coming to the fight. The Dallas Cowboys, sorry, that didn't, yeah, not the team, the, the, the Cowboys from Dallas are coming <laughs> to this fight. The mafia members from New York are coming to this fight. Yeah. And so you get this little town that is completely overwhelmed by all of these different very caricature characters, which Cannonball Run does the exact same. Like, it's all kinds of it's these different awesome. characters. Yeah. So, yeah, I think is again, brilliant. Brilliant what they did with this. By the way, the town square of Jackson Hole had to shut down for like a week in the middle of June or July, which is their high season. And there were some businesses that were a little bit unhappy about that. Yeah. But uh, one business in particular where they they crash through the Italian restaurant. Oh, yeah, yeah. They were like on the brink of bankruptcy. And because of the success of the movie, they were able to, it kind of gave them a second life. Oh, nice. Yeah. A couple of the serious moments I wanted to bring up to you. Yeah. Okay. So number one, we talked about how Jack Wilson is tough. And you're actually, you're in fear of this guy, right? He's oh, sure. He's a killer. He's a threat. He's killed two men that, this year. Yeah. Well, only one. Well, yeah, but the other one from the <laughs> neck down, you know, right? Right, right, right. Then there's a moment where Clint actually teaches Clyde how to date rape. That's a, that's pretty bad. Yeah, that's pretty bad. Just poker in the butt with this, yeah. you know? Yeah, that's pretty bad. <laughs> Doesn't somebody else get end up getting poked? Clyde pokes himself. That's what I thought. Yeah. There's a scene where the bad guys do this home invasion and Ma is like, we're scared for Ma, you know? Yeah. Then Philo gets beat up, and Clyde has to, like, pull him from a burning vehicle. Yeah. Kind of saves his life. Yeah. And so there's there's serious moments. There's kinda, some drama. You know? You got to have a little bit of drama with your comedy. Uh, Orville gets shot. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then uh, the end scene. We've got to talk about the end scene. Yeah. Before we get to the end scene. Okay. I, I realize that you've covered comedy moments already. Yes. No, it's okay. But the, the scene with the hotel room, where Clyde has got his girlfriend in one room. Yes. And he's showing off for her. Yes. And Philo has got Lynn Halsey Taylor in the other one. And she's like, I wish you'd show off for me. And so he's hanging by the chandelier. Like there's no way that some cheap motel room chandelier is going to hold up. Right. Eastwood, but <laughs> right. we'll go with it for this. Sure. Right. Then you got Ann Ramsey and her husband over there. Hula dancing. He tries to lift up the chair. Oh, my man. <laughs> that was so brave what you did there. <laughs> And then you've got the hotel manager who is a peeping Tom. He is. He's a peeping Tom. And Ma catches him. 
he gets all <laughs> amorous and she kicks him in the balls. She crushes his balls. And then <laughs> she's just, like, what have I done? The yes. first one in 20 years. <laughs> and then she's like, nurses him back to health oh, yeah, because like, she wants to get lucky. Yeah, and she does. And she's then like you, singing and whistling the next day. <laughs> <laughs> she is. He's like, she's acting crazy. She hasn't acted this way since... Oh, <laughs> but then you have that whole scene where they reenact the scene from 10, the movie 10. Oh gosh, where that Bo was Derek. horrifying. <laughs> it was absolutely Oh my horrifying. gosh, that was so funny. So you have Bo Derek running down the beach like the movie 10 and they've superimposed Ma's face over her. <laughs> oh, it's so bad. Yeah, it's great, man. Okay, so once again, we've got another very... Early 80s soundtrack. We got the country going strong here. And our title song is by none other than Mr. Glenn freaking Campbell, the rhinestone cowboy himself, called Any Which Way You Can. Just love me any which way you can. My love. Yep. And then you've got a whole soundtrack on this one. Beers, too. You. Yeah, that. Might not be the best. Might not be the best one to go to, but you're the reason God made Oklahoma was a single off of this album, yeah, yeah. and it did fantastic. Yeah, you've got Whiskey Heaven by Fats Domino. Whiskey Heaven, yeah, by Fats Domino. <laughs> I mean, Fats Domino and a cowboy hat. I can't beat it. Right now, Sandra Locke tortures this song called "One Too Many Women in Your Life," but that one was written by John Durrell and Mr. Phil Everly himself of the Everly Brothers, which we've talked about before. Because Guns and Roses episode. There you go. Mr. Phil Everly is Don Bro Everly's brother, who is the dad of Aaron Everly, who was Sweet Child of Mine. Yeah. By the way, no one else. The song, the one, one too many women in your life. Yes. One that you love and one you call your wife, I think is how the lyrics go. Yeah, oddly. Sort of interesting, yeah, right? Yep. Kind of uh, close to home there. Yeah. By the way, speaking of that, I think I read, I think on the Wikipedia page for Clint Eastwood, it says that he has at least nine kids. Like, he's very private about how many kids he has, but we know there are at least nine. Yeah. There may be more and probably are. I would say highly likely that there are. I mean, the guy has been a movie star for 70 years. You know who he never had a child with, though? Sandra Locke. Yeah. Let's not talk about it. Let's that. not talk about it. <laughs> okay. By the way, I just want to drop this little nugget to you. When they're staying in Jackson Hole, the hotel manager gets a little amorous with Clyde, who's dressed up in a nightgown, right? What is up with that? Right? It was so bizarre. Right? And Clyde, like, lifts up his nightie or whatever, and it's, it's, it's just weird, but it's yeah, funny. Weird. Just a side note. He's actually looking at a Playboy. Yeah. That Playboy is from June 1980. Okay? You okay. mentioned how this movie was shot in the summer of 1980. Correct, yeah. That June 1980 magazine of Playboy is the one that features Dorothy Stratton. Of Star 80. Star 80, who wow. was murdered by her boyfriend. Wow. So. Oh, my gosh. There you go. Yep, Peter Bogdanovich, his girlfriend. Yes. There's a movie I never want to discuss, by the way. If you wanted to put Star 80 on your list, find a guest host that's not me for that one. I just... Uh, yeah, no thanks. No way. Okay. Okay. Back to fun stuff. Yeah. Okay. So, first movie, most profitable movie that Clint Eastwood had ever made. Yep. This movie, first weekend, came in at number one. Yes. Grossing $8 million. Yes. 
the second weekend. Yes. Stayed at number one and made $10 million. Really? It went up for the second weekend. It resulted, are you ready for this? Yes. It resulted in a record for the single day gross for Warner Brothers. Guess what movie it beat? I don't know. What do you got? Superman. Oh, so there you it go. turns out Philo Beto can beat Superman. There you go. By the way, they looked at Clint Eastwood to play the part of Superman. Yeah. If memory serves correctly. Yeah, him and about a hundred other people. Now then, that's right. Yeah. Including Al Pacino and Sylvester Stallone. Uh, this movie was the fifth highest grossing movie of 1980. I don't know what the four higher ones are. Right. But I bet my paycheck that Empire Strikes Back was number one. Sure. Another incredibly successful movie for Clint Eastwood. Yep. Both of these movies, when we talk about Clint Eastwood, these movies are kind of forgotten. Nobody ever they brings these up. They don't come up. I mean, you get the cowboy movies, you get the Dirty Harry movies, and you get the movies that he's directed, but you don't get these, and these are two of the most successful movies of all time, let alone for him. I know. So... Are we to final judgment yet? We are. We uh, are. Okay. I don't mind going first because I've tipped my hand already. They figured out everything that went wrong in the first one, and they did it right in the second one. And the first one was still great. So that meant, yes. I, I can see how it went up. I can see how people went, ah, uh, another sequel. This won't be as good. First weekend, $8 million worth of folks showed up. And then after the word of mouth of they did better, they brought it home with this one, he... The comedy is better. The filming is better. The timing is better. The villain is there, and he's better. And he's not even a villain, really. So, without question, any which way you can beats out every which way but loose, and they're both fantastic movies. Yeah. So, in fact, the way we kind of started down this road, you and I, we weren't. this wasn't even really on our schedule, but somehow we got in a conversation about this. this. Yeah, we are talking about William Smith. when we That's talk, right. We talked about um, him being in... Rumblefish. Rumblefish and The Outsiders. And I was like, this is the guy, this was the guy who's the bad guy in the Clint Eastwood Every Which Way But Loose. And you were like, no, it was Any Which Way You Can. And I'm like, okay, do you like that movie? Yes, I love that we movie. We love those movies. Let's do it. Right. Yeah, so, fun. yeah. All right. So for my final judgment. Yes. I've already tipped my hand as well. I totally agree with you. They took the first movie, like wise people, they analyzed what worked. There were some funny moments with the Black Widows. The orangutan was funny. Clint has a presence on the screen. He's a movie star of the ages. Let's maximize that. Yeah. Let's put the romance in the backseat. Lynn Halsey Taylor can come along. That's fine. But the focus is not the romance. We've got action. We've got bad guys. We've got a road movie. We've got this wacky convergence in Jackson Hole, Right Turn Clyde. It's at least twice as good and probably three times as good as Every Which Way But Loose. Wow. I'm spiking my football. Any Which Way You Can is the way better movie, and I still, I still love it. It's so much fun. I had a great time doing this. If you can only watch... One of these movies, watch any which way you can. You don't need to have seen the first one to understand no. what's going on in the second one at all. They do it right this time. They start with the fight to let you know who he is, and they end with a fight, and this time, again, they do it right, and spoiler alert, he wins. Yeah. But, man, it's a good fight. One oh, of the best. One of the best. As uh, as Fat Zack says, it's one of the best fights I've ever seen in my entire life. <laughs> so, absolutely love it. By the way... Every Which Way But Loose is available on HBO Max right now. 
any which way you can, I had to get from my library. It was really tough to get. I think I think I get it off of Prime. Did you? Yeah, I got Amazon Prime. Okay. It's worth the four bucks. Go watch this movie. For sure. A lot of fun. Okay. What we got next week, D? We have got The Great Outdoors. Yes. And then from 1983, talk about Beverly D'Angelo and her wonderful body. We have got National Lampoon Vacation. Two vacation movies celebrating their 35th and 40th anniversaries this year. I can't wait. And, you know, shoot. Dan Aykroyd, John Candy, Chevy Chase. Sign me freaking up. Absolutely. Both written by John Hughes. Yeah. A lot of people don't know that. It's crazy. We're going to have a great time with that. That is next week. Come back next week and join us for a vacation down Holiday Road.